1: From the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, June fifteenth, twenty 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: The ECB holds an emergency meeting to discuss market conditions.
1: The debate heats up on whether the Fed will hike 50 or 75 basis points today. The sell-off in crypto continues as
3: Bitcoin drops to 20,000.
1: And President Biden takes aim at oil refiner's record profits.
3: Gas pump prices in the New York metro area hit a fresh record, plus a look at Trump back candidates in the latest GOP primaries. I'm Michael Barr. More
4: ahead. I'm John Stashjower in sports. Shutout wins at home for both the Mets and Yankees. A near no-hitter in St. Louis. The Stanley Cup final begins tonight.
5: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
1: Good morning. I'm John Tucker. I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 20 points. Dow futures up 140. Nasdaq futures higher by 82 points. The DAX in Germany up 1.2%, 1, up 1. while the CAC in Paris is higher by 1%. Ten-year treasury is up 24.30 seconds. The yield 3.38 percent. Yield on the two-year, 3.32 percent. The euro right now at 1.0492 against the dollar. John.
2: And Nathan, we begin in Europe where it's all about the European Central Bank, the ECB's governing council, holding an impromptu meeting to, quote, discuss current market conditions. Let's get more from Bloomberg Markets Live editor, Lockham roach Kelly.
5: The ECB meeting is more based on what's happening in markets at the moment, how um, spreads have widened, how Italian yields have moved out, and what the market reaction in the last three or four days has been. I'm not quite sure what's going to come of it. I think it's strange that the ECB is holding their ad hoc meeting before the Fed decision. Soon they don't know what the Fed decision is going to be themselves. But the fact they're having the meeting at all clearly markets saying that is at least somewhat positive for euro assets.
2: Bloomberg's Locker Roach Kelly says Italian bonds have surged on the news of the unscheduled meeting. ECB officials may decide to reinvest bond purchases conducted under the bank's pandemic emergency program. Other measures could be considered as well. The meeting expected to last about two hours.
1: Well, as this meeting continues, John, we are awaiting a highly anticipated Federal Reserve decision. question there is how much Jay Powell and company hike rates. Michael McKee has more from our Bloomberg 99-1
6: newsroom in Washington. The new market consensus is the Fed will raise the benchmark U.S. lending rate by 75 basis points, the biggest increase since 1994. That raises the question of what next? Markets have already priced in another 75 basis point move in July. Investors will look to the dot plot rate forecast and Chairman Jay Powell's news conference for ratification of that bet. A new median forecast for unemployment, a proxy for growth, may suggest whether the central bankers still think they can bring down inflation without causing a recession. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, thanks, Mike. Will it be 50 or 75 basis points? Some are calling for more. Pershing Square founder Bill Ackman says 100 basis point hike would be better. The story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Ackman says not just today, but in July and thereafter, instead of the 75 basis point hike that some economists are expecting. He said the central bank has allowed inflation to, quote, get out of control and calls for aggressive action that would help restore market confidence. Writing on Twitter, Ackman said, quote, the sooner the Federal Reserve can get to a terminal FF rate and
1: thereafter can begin to ease, the sooner the markets can recover. In New York, Charlie Tell- Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. Jeffrey Gunlock's taking an even more aggressive stance than Bill Ackman. The Double Line Capital CEO says the Fed should raise its target interest rate to 3% today. That would be a 200 basis point hike. But markets are still firmly pricing in seventy
2: five. And stay tuned for a complete coverage of this critical Fed decision on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance that is coming up at one thirty PM Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. Ahead of that decision we get the May reading on retail sales. Economists forecast a gain of just one tenth of a percent.
1: Well, as we mentioned, John, U.S. futures are higher to start this morning. Still, the S&P closed down yesterday for a fifth straight session. That's its longest slide since January. Mark Lazry, CEO of Avenue Capital Management and co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, says weak economic sentiment continues to weigh on this market.
6: Everybody knows we're either getting into a recession or it's going to be close to a recession. So... Um, I. um I I don't think there's a lot more negative news that's going to come out. You know, the question really is going to be how long is the recession? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Avenue Capital
1: CEO Mark Lasry says he thinks the upcoming recession will be short. Well, perhaps
2: no sector has suffered in this sell-off as much as cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin is lower again this morning as it approaches the 20,000 level. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita, good morning. Good
7: morning, John. Cryptocurrencies have become emblematic of a flight from speculative assets. Strategists at Glassnode say the bear market for Bitcoin has entered its deepest and darkest phase. Crypto lender Celsius froze withdrawals on Monday. Coinbase announced widespread layoffs on Tuesday. And this all comes just a month after the collapse of the Terra USD stablecoin roiled crypto markets. Meantime, Bill Gates is dismissing crypto projects like NFTs as shams, saying they're quote, based on the greater fool theory. He spoke at a climate conference yesterday and says he's neither long nor short the asset class. Live in New York, I'm
1: Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. As crypto falls, oil prices remain sky high, and the pain at the pump is palpable. And President Biden's looking to ease the strain. We're learning the Energy Department plans to sell up to 45 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Amy Morris has more from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington.
0: President Biden told oil refiners that unprecedented profit margins are unacceptable. He's calling for immediate action to improve capacity. He's ordered Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm to hold an emergency meeting on the subject in the coming days. And the administration will hold talks with the National Petroleum Council. And he's calling on companies to explain why they've cut capacity. More than a million barrels a day of U.S. oil refining capacity—about five percent of the total—has been shut since the start of the pandemic. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, thanks, Amy. And NYMEX crude right now down a dollar sixty-seven a barrel at one seventeen twenty-six. And ahead of today's Fed meeting. The Nasdaq futures right now up 66 points. S&P futures, they're up 17. And the Dow futures, 116 points higher. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street.
3: Let's bring in Michael Barr now to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. Rice, who only got 25%, was defeated Tuesday by Trump-backed state Congressman Russell Fry, who received 51%. Meanwhile, Representative Nancy Mace cleared the 50% threshold to avoid a runoff against Trump-backed Katie Arrington. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is going to endorse Governor Kathy Hochul in the New York governor's race. Hochul's campaign and Adams' political advisor confirmed that Adams will make the announcement today in a joint appearance with the Democratic governor in New York City. Adams' endorsement comes as Hochul has pledged tougher action on gun crimes, including after the mass shooting in her hometown of Buffalo. Meanwhile, a month after the shooting at the top supermarket store, survivors, their families, and others gathered at the scene to mark the somber event. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown.
2: Words will never convey the heartbreak and pain this senseless tragedy has caused.
3: Mayor Brown says the shootings left ten people dead and three injured. Police in Suffolk County, New York, say at least 14 school children were injured when an inflatable slide tipped over at a Long Island park. Some of the six- and seven-year-olds were taken to the hospital, one with a broken leg. This seven-year-old is glad he wasn't hurt.
7: There's too much people in the bounty house. Yeah. And then the thing fell over, yeah. and some people got hurt, and they went to the
3: hospital. A statement from the Wyandanch School District says the slide deflated while the kids were on it. Two police officers in El Monte, California, died in the line of duty. Authorities say the two men were responding to a possible stabbing at a motel and were fired upon by the suspect, El Monte Mayor Jessica Ancona.
7: These men were dedicated to their careers, and even more so as sons, husbands, and fathers. Please keep their families in your prayers.
3: Mayor Ancona says the suspect was also killed. Gas prices in the New York metro area hit a fresh record. According to AAA, prices rose to a record 5 a gallon overnight for the area and 5 50 for Manhattan. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. Michael, thank you. It's now six ten
2: on Wall Street, and it's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashow.
4: Thanks, John. Yankees and Mets, two best records in baseball, both at home, both one with shutouts. In the Bronx, Garrett Cole's outing a whole lot better than the one last week in Minnesota when he allowed home runs to the Twins' first three batters and gave up five overall. Cole worked out of a bases-loaded jam, sixth inning. That ended his night, preserved the shutout. Yanks top Tampa Bay 2-0. Cole is 6-1, and Clay Holmes got the save. 27 straight appearances where Holmes is not allowed to run. At City Field, it was Chris Bassett. Eight scoreless innings, allowed just three hits, a 4 nothing Met win over Milwaukee. Two runs driven in by Pete Alonzo leads the National League with 59 RBIs. In St. Louis, the Cardinals, Miles Nicholas had a no-hitter with two outs, two strikes, ninth inning, double by the Pirates' Cal Mitchell on Nicholas' 129th pitch most of the majors this season. They drop the puck on the Stanley Cup final tonight in Denver. Tampa Bay Lightning off the win over the Rangers seeking a Stanley Cup three-peat. Game one with Colorado who's 12-2 in the playoffs. Bruce Cassidy fired by the Bruins. He's the new coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Deshaun Watson, formerly with Houston, now massive contract to quarterback the Cleveland Browns and he's also facing 24 accusations of sexual misconduct. Watson met the media in Cleveland. You
7: know, I've been honest and I've been truthful about my stance. Um, and that's, you know, I never forced anyone, I never assaulted anyone. So, um, that's what, you know, I've been saying it from the beginning, and I'm going to continue to do that until all the facts come out on the legal side.
4: NFL's been investigating the matter, but still no word on a possible suspension. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. John.
2: All right, thanks, John. And ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, ahead of the Fed meeting today, Dow Futures, 126 points, a rise of four tenths of a percent. The SP e mini futures, they're up 19 right now. That's up half a percent. And the Nasdaq futures, 72 points higher, up six tenths of a percent. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Daybreak brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business top ranked online MBA program with the Real World Foundation. Learn more at Hofstra.edu slash go
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. Futures are on the rise along with stocks in Europe as policymakers on both sides of the Atlantic grapple with soaring inflation, slowing growth, and volatile markets. We check the numbers for you every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up 17 points. Dow futures up 112. NASDAQ futures higher by 71 points. Germany's DAX up 1.1%. The CAC in Paris is higher by 9 tenths of 1%. The 10-year Treasury is up 25 thirty seconds with a yield 3.37%. Yield on the two-year... NYMEX crude's down 1.6%, down $1.84 at $117.11 a barrel. Comex gold up 7 tenths percent or $13.20 at $18.26.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0478 against the dollar. The yen, 134.40. Bitcoin right now trading around $20,450. That's a Bloomberg business flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael?
3: Nathan, thank you kindly. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. The five-term congressman was defeated Tuesday by State Representative Russell Fry, who was endorsed by Trump. Fry received 51%, while Rice got 25%. Brittany Griner's detention in Russia was extended until July 2nd. The WNBA player is being held on charges of drug smuggling. The baseball scores. The Yankees and Mets won. Red Sox beat the A's 6-1. Orioles and Giants were also winners. The Nationals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg John.
2: Michael, thank you. It six twenty on Wall Street. We are live in the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios and this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Wall Street firms expect the federal Open Market Committee today to raise rates 75 basis points. The Fed's going to announce a decision publish fresh forecasts at 2 p.m. of Wall Street time. That'll be followed by a news conference by Chairman Jerome Powell and Bloomberg's Mike McKee. He's going to be there, and he'll try to stump the chairman today. Uh, Mike joins us now from Washington. Thanks for being with us. You know, um, I'll I'll start off with Europe, the European Central Bank, the policymakers there, Mike. They've managed to do the impossible... Uh, making Fed policy look simple.
6: <laughs> yes, unfortunately for Christine Lagarde, um, it is much more difficult for her because she has 19 countries in the Eurozone. And at this point, um, they are all in different economic circumstances, particularly Italy, and the idea that the ECB had to raise rates quickly to Get a handle on inflation, which is over 8% there as well, uh, led to a blowout in Italian spreads in particular. Italy, the world's fourth largest, uh, bond market, and they also have a significant, um, amount of, uh, their own debt. And so, um, trying to keep that, uh, spread from, from widening even further, they're trying to figure out what to do.
2: Okay. They might even head back to, uh, pandemic policy with, uh, extraordinary stimulus. Uh, The United States is nowhere near that, right?
6: No, we're not. Um, There's a a belief out there that perhaps we might see the Fed have to start cutting rates in 2023 if we show signs of going into a recession. But between now and then, there's nothing standing in the Fed's way at the moment, (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. The law of unintended consequences keeps working here. And we did see some liquidity problems developing in the short end of the market earlier this week. We'll see if those can be contained and and what the market reaction is if the Fed indeed follows up with 75 today and then gives us a hawkish outlook for the future.
2: Okay. Today it is a case of go big or go home for the Fed, right? Right.
6: Yeah, the, <clears throat> excuse me. They've pretty much um, locked themselves in at this point. Uh, by um, the the Monday articles in the, in the press, um, everybody took as a hint by the Fed to um, the markets that they were going to do 75 instead of 50. And now the markets have priced for 75, not just this time, but for July as well. So if they didn't do it, if they did 50, that might cause some market disturbances. Uh, it could be that markets shrug if they say 50, but next time 75. But it's just easier for them to follow through with what they, they have led the markets to believe is going to happen.
2: Okay, they delivered their forecasts as well today, I assume. what uh, What is that going to show us in terms of where they end up with the, uh, the what is it called, the terminal rate?
6: Yeah, the terminal rate, which is not the neutral rate, the terminal rate is uh, basically what we're talking about in terms of how high do they have to go to bring down inflation, and uh, they were looking at something between two and a half and three percent. Now the market says you got to go, have to go well over three percent. We'll see what the Fed ratifies when the dot plot comes out. Uh, we'll see what the neutral rate is, the long-run rate, which neither stimulates inflation or uh, retards growth, and Uh, That, they've said, is in the 2.5% range. Last time they said 2.4%. we will see if they move that up a little, if the economy has changed in such a way that we need a higher uh, neutral rate to uh, keep the economy on a level course. And then the final thing people are going to really want to look at is the forecast for unemployment because that will be essentially what the Fed is going to be telling us about uh, the economy going forward and whether or not we have to worry about a recession now they aren't going to say the word recession ever but if they think that unemployment will rise significantly uh and i wouldn't bet on that but if they did then that would be a worrying sign to the markets
2: are you still honing your question for the chairman at the press conference that follows the decision tonight?
6: <laughs> well you have to keep honing till the last minute because things keep changing uh, around um I, I had to laugh uh, John, this morning, Kit Jukes from Sockgen, whom we all know well, ha- posed a very interesting question. He said, are the gods putting central bankers back in their place now that the Fed is being forced to do 75 and Christine Lagarde has to hold an extraordinary meeting of the ECB? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the fates are uh, laughing. Okay. Don't get
2: too arrogant as a central bank uh, policymaker, I guess is the, the message there from uh, Kit. Mike McKee, we appreciate it. And again, the, the Federal Open Market Committee expected to raise at least the market expectation of 75 basis points today. The Fed announcing a decision publishing fresh forecasts at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. And of course, you can join Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We'll have live continuing coverage. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak and ahead of the Fed decision, ahead of the cash open on Wall Street futures in the green for now. The Dow futures up 106 points. That's a rise of four-tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures 17 points higher and the Nasdaq futures up 71 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Daybreak brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund, JCF's Donor Advised Fa, the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. At six thirty on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. We're about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by IBKR Investment Advisors. Switch to Interactive Brokers for lowest cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at ibkrcom RIA. Up first, the European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde and her colleagues on the Governing Council are holding an emergency meeting to discuss market conditions. We caught up with EU finance commissioner married McGuinness ahead of the meeting the
7: ECB is doing its job uh, so I think that's important. I'm not going to second guess the conversations uh, that will take place at this meeting uh, but clearly since the beginning of this year and particularly since the invasion, the illegal invasion by Russia of Ukraine, there is uncertainty in
2: markets.
1: EU Finance Commissioner Mary McGuinness says the meeting should last about two hours. And the ECB
2: gathering comes on the same day the Fed makes an interest rate decision. The question now is how much will the Fed hike? Let's get details from Bloomberg's Vinny Dale Giudice.
1: Most Economists anticipate another half-point rate increase today, lifting the Fed's target range to between 1.25% and 1.5%. But some say they wouldn't be surprised if the Fed opts for something more, a larger move in its benchmark interest rate. Bloomberg Economics says the Fed's dot plot, which traces the likely path of U.S. interest rates, could move to 3% or a bit higher next year. Vinnie Delts, Udice Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, thanks, Vinnie. And while economists predict... Uh, 50 basis point hike. Markets are now pricing in a 75 point increase.
1: Futures are higher ahead of the Fed decision, John, but it's a different story for cryptocurrencies. Bitcoins lower again right now at about $20,500. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita. Nathan,
7: strategists at Glassnode say the bear market for Bitcoin is entering its deepest and darkest phase. Crypto lender Celsius froze withdrawals on Monday. Coinbase announced widespread layoffs on Tuesday. And this all comes just a month after the collapse of the USD stablecoin roiling crypto markets. Meantime, Bill Gates is dismissing crypto projects like NFTs as shams, saying they're, quote, based on the greater fool theory. He says he's neither long nor short the asset class. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: Yeah, thanks, Renita. The International Energy Agency predicting global oil supply will struggle to meet rising demand next year. Checking oil right now,
1: NYMEX crude down a dollar thirty-one a barrel at one seventeen sixty-two. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. All right, thanks, Nathan.
2: 633 on Wall Street. Time to bring in Michael Barr now to tell us what else is going on in New York
3: and around the world. John, thank you very much. U.S. Representative Tom Rice of South Carolina has been ousted from Congress in his Republican primary after voting to impeach Donald Trump over the January 6th insurrection. The five-term congressman was defeated by Trump-backed State Representative Russell Fry. Fry received 51%, while Rice got 25%. Meanwhile, Representative Nancy Mace cleared the 50% threshold to avoid a runoff against Trump-backed Katie Arrington. Republican Jim Marchant, who made false claims about the 2020 election, is advancing to the general election for Nevada's Secretary of State. If Marchant wins, he would oversee future elections in the state. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is about to get a big endorsement today in the governor's race. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is set to make the announcement to endorse Hochul in a joint news conference. Two police officers in El Monte, California, died after responding to a possible stabbing in a motel. El Monte Interim Police Chief Ben Lowry says the officers were fired upon by the suspect.
6: These two heroes uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice. Today they were murdered by a coward. And we are grieving and it hurts.
3: Chief Lowry says the suspect was also killed. The Senate may have found a formula to get Republicans on board with a gun safety bill. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports.
5: Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is making noises that make it sound like he will support it. Just people who own guns and support for the provisions of the framework is off the
2: charts. Overwhelming. He says it's wording. I think if this framework becomes the actual piece of legislation, it's a step forward.
5: A step forward on a bipartisan basis. And Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says it will be brought to the floor quickly. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. The pain
3: at the gas pump continues for the New York metro area. According to AAA, prices rose to a record 521 overnight and 550 in Manhattan. Former President Trump's bid to halt depositions next month in a New York State probe of his family's real estate business was rejected by the state's highest court. Two lower courts have already rejected the claim that the probe by New York Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, is politically motivated. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John. All right, Michael, thank you.
2: It's now 6.36 on Wall Street. Best time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stasher.
4: All right, John. Yankees have watched the low-payroll Tampa Bay Rays win the AL East the last two seasons. But this year, the Yanks, 10 games ahead. First of six between these two over 10 days. And at the stadium, a drop fly ball fourth inning, put two Yankees on Isaiah for falefa at the plate.
5: And the pitch line, hard, left field. There's a base hit. Stanton, rounds third, coming home. The throw is going to be too high. Goes back to the stream. Here comes another run home. The throw
4: home is, is not in time. On WFAN, those are the only two runs. The Yankees scored 26 in their last two games with the Cubs. They won this one 2-0 with Garrett Cole going to 6-1, team with three relievers on the shutout, Cole very much bouncing back from that nightmare start last week at Minnesota where he gave up five home runs. Tonight, it's Nestor Cortez versus the Rays. Shane McClanahan both have ERAs under two and if the Yanks win tonight, they will be 30 games over 500. Amazing the Mets have been so good with Max Scherzer injured. Jacob DeGrom still yet to pitch. DeGrom has thrown four bullpen sessions and Scherzer will throw a simulated game Thursday. Meanwhile, Chris Bassett dominant. And the Mets' 4-0 win at Citi Field over Milwaukee. Bassett went 80 innings allowed, only three hits. The Mets stay five games ahead of red-hot Atlanta. The Braves' 13th win in a row in Washington. They hit five home runs for the second straight game. A near-no hitter in St. Louis. The Cardinals' Miles Nicholas lost it with two outs in the ninth. They'll start the Stanley Cup final tonight. Tampa Bay at Colorado. The Lightning may get great in point back from injury. He's missed the last two series, point 30 goals of the last three playoffs. John Stash-Heller, Bloomberg Sports. John?
2: All right. Thanks a lot, John. It is now 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV correspondent, Kriti Gupta. You know, on Fed Day, I wonder if it's just like, uh, fool's errand to even like look at stocks before any decision from the Fed.
0: Yeah, it's it's a wait and see mode. I mean happy Fed Day to you, John. And oh, thank to you. all of our listeners. I didn't get you anything. This is the su- – you should have. Um I got you stock movers. What'd you get me? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, this is a Super Bowl for financial journalists. Um and all, bonus we get ECB and BOJ decisions. Before I nerd out too much, let's hop right into crypto stocks because to your point it's hard to kind of mention any specific stocks that are moving because a lot of this is going to be a wait-and-see game. A lot of this is going to change as we hear more from the ECB what in the next couple of hours. What is a crypto
2: stock, though?
0: A crypto stock is – it could be an exchange. It could be a miner. It could be okay. a company that is exposed to crypto in some way. Tesla, for example, had a lot of exposure to crypto um, when Elon Musk was a very pro-Dogecoin and pro-Bitcoin. That being said, let's talk about some of these crypto release stocks because we do know Bitcoin is entering and I believe it has already entered a bear market heading for that 20,000 handle. And the ripple effect here is some of the names like MicroStrategy, MSTR, which, by the way, has major investments in Bitcoin down 7 percent is your ticker there. Marathon Digital, of course, one of the miners, M-A-R-A is your ticker, down about 4 percent in the pre-market. Right Blockchain, another miner, R-I-O-T, also down 4 percent. And Coinbase. C-O-I-N, down 5%. Remember, yesterday we got the news that they're cutting their workforce by 18%, citing the macroeconomic climate.
2: Uh, During the dot-com craze, remember back, well, you were probably already born then, but uh, every company in the world was trying to do something Mm dot-com-ish to boost their stock price. And then you (laughs) had the crypto craze. And every company tried to make some connection with crypto, well, that blockchain
0: that seemed to be the idea. I mean, people are saying it. It is the crypto. It is the payment mechanism of the future. Whether you're buying a car or whether you're investing sure in the long is. term. I, well, I mean, they said that about a variety of other other asset classes. ETFs, for example, has gone through a major renovation in terms of how people are looking at these markets. Let's talk about another big mover this morning. Spotify, though, is moving on an upgrade. Actually, S P O T is your ticker up two point three percent. Wells Fargo upgrading the stock to an equal weight saying the music streaming firm's recent investor day laid out a more profitable company than the brokerage has modeled historically. More profitable keywords as we talk about everything, really.
2: All right, Critty. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Critty uh Gupta, and uh, looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the cash open. Again, like we say, after two o'clock, it probably is not going to matter. But, uh, Dow futures, at least right now, of 116 points, of four tenths of a percent. S&P futures, they're up 18 points. That's up half a percent. And the Nasdaq E-mini futures right now are up 70 points. Uh, Kritty was doing the crypto-related stocks. So, uh, let's do Bitcoin right now. That's down about 7% at 20,000. Five hundred and sixteen dollars per token. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg weather from meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Lots of sunshine today. The high temperature topping out about 80 degrees. And tonight partly cloudy. Could see some showers after midnight. The lows in the mid-sixties
5: markets headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the bloomberg business app and at bloomberg quick take this is a bloomberg business flash
1: i'm nathan hager futures are moving up on this fed decision day let's go live to the first of breaking news desk for today's morning call with bill maloney good morning bill
8: Hey, good morning, Nathan. That's right. U.S. futures are in the green right now. Dow futures up 107 points. S&P is 18, while well, NASDAQ futures rise by 72. The U.S. 10-year-old at 3.38 percent. Gold is up 16. Oil is falling, and Bitcoin is down by another 6 percent. Japan fell 1.1% overnight while European markets are in the green, led by 2.8% gains in Italy. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, Empire Manufacturing and Retail Sales at 10 o'clock, Business Inventories and at 2 o'clock, that Fed rate decision. Note that Jeff Gundlach urges a mega hike to 3%, and Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan see the upper bound rising to 1.75% in the steepest tightening since 1994. Wrapping things up, Snowflake was raised to buy a Canaccord. Sonos raised to equal weight over at Morgan Stanley. And Continental Resources cut to equal weight over at Wells Fargo. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, i Bill Maloney. Nathan?
1: Okay, Bill, thanks. To get live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on the terminal, S-Q-U-A, go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Good morning, Michael.
3: Good morning, Nathan. In South Carolina, Congressman Tom Rice is out. The five-term incumbent who voted to impeach Donald Trump for the January 6th insurrection, defeated by Trump-backed Russell Fry. Fry got 51%, while Rice got 25%. The leaders of seven NATO nations from across Europe pledged to continue their support for Ukraine. They agreed to step up military supplies and provide more heavy weapons to the war-torn country. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox beat the A6-1. Orioles and Giants were also winners. The Nationals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more
1: than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news and science and technology now. The Bloomberg NJIT STEM report is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, offering New Jersey's first undergraduate degree in fintech. NJIT is future in the making, tech-driven, finance-focused, Learn more at njit.edu slash fintech. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The World Health Organization will hold an emergency meeting to assess whether the current spread of monkeypox constitutes a public health emergency of international concern. A special committee will meet next week to advise on the spread in non-endemic countries. Monkeypox has been afflicting developing countries for years, but it's now spread across Europe and the United States in recent weeks. The virus belongs to the orthopoxvirus genus. That includes the variola virus, the cause of smallpox, but it is less contagious and symptoms are milder. Internet Explorer is finally headed out to pasture. As of today, Microsoft will no longer support the once-dominant browser that legions of web surfers love to hate and a few still claim to adore. The 27-year-old application now joins BlackBerry phones, dial-up modems, and Palm Pilots in the dustbin of tech history. And Apple has secured the long-term rights to stream Major League Soccer, taking another step in its growing ambitions as a sports broadcaster. Apple will begin streaming the soccer matches next year as part of a Decade long deal. That is the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John.
2: All right. Thanks, Nathan. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. And time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include uh, Trump Target, uh, Rice loses, and Mace winning in the South Carolina primaries. The January 6th panel taking some cues from Netflix with the made-for-TV hearings. Janet Yellen getting trapped in the blame game. This comes over inflation. President Biden taking aim at oil refiners, their record uh, profits. And Elon Musk says he's thinking of creating a super-moderate super PAC. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Let's start with this. Wonderfully written story, the Trump target Rice loses, Mace wins in South Carolina primaries. Oh, look who's on the bind line.
9: <laughs> um, well, I mean, so, so at least at least you know you got the right person to talk about it this morning, John. Yeah, what um, happened? So basically the big takeaway is that there were sort of two candidates who had incurred the wrath of Trump. Trump had backed their challengers. This is uh, Republican Nancy Mace as well as Republican uh Tom Rice. And Rice actually voted to impeach Trump and then has kind of stuck with that criticism, saying that he did not regret the vote, that he would have voted again had the vote been taken today, and just kind of going ahead and, and saying, you know, that, that he's going to stand by this. He has a very conservative record otherwise. Um and his challenger, Russell Fry, who Trump endorsed, did wind up beating him. But then you go down to the Low Country near Charleston, where Nancy Mace is from, and she initially had some very strong criticism of, of Donald Trump after January 6th. She made a numerous TV appearances. But since then, her rhetoric has really softened a little bit in regards to the president, She's kind of pitched himself as more as an ally. She actually went to Trump Towers and filmed this video where she reminded people of uh, for the years that she had supported Trump, worked on his campaign in 2016. And she was able able actually actually able to defeat her Trump back challenger. Uh, Katie Arrington yesterday. And so it kind of seems like if there's a takeaway from what we've learned in South Carolina, it's that you can criticize the president, but you do ultimately need to be on his side if you want Republicans, uh, in deep, at least in deep red districts, to back you. Uh,
2: wh- how's uh, the uh, November race shaping up uh, on the other side?
9: So on the November, at least for these two races in South Carolina, we pretty much expect, uh, Russell Fry, the, the challenger who won to now be the one to go to Washington. It's a very red district. I suppose there's a small chance that, that Nancy Mays could wind up losing to a Democrat, but it is unlikely. Uh, the district, it's, it would lean Republican in a normal year, but this year it's so good for Republicans that it, there's a good chance that Nancy Mays will return. I think there are going to probably be a couple races where it will be interesting to see how a stronger trump candidate fares against a more moderate democrat um we've got one of those examples up in ohio uh with congresswoman marcy captor's race uh but for these in particular um you know it's very very likely now uh that russell fry and nancy mace will be returning to congress in november
2: let's get the latest now on the the january 6th the hearings that are taking place they've actually garnered some uh pretty sizable audiences
9: Yeah, they've had a good number of people really turn in for them. And that in part has been because that the shows have just been, or the hearings rather, have been so well produced. I I called them shows. Um, There's a lot of uh, guys over... Yeah, there's a really interesting story on the terminal, kind of about how the hearings have been structured like a Netflix show. If you've ever tuned in to a congressional hearing, you know that they are not exactly the height of entertainment. Uh, you see questions being asked repeatedly. You see people kind of going on and trailing off. And that's not what you've been seeing from these January 6th hearings. They've really been tightly scripted. They're kept to two hours. They're distilling, um, hours and hours and hours of testimony down into a few seconds for a clip, there isn't sort of this prolonged uh, grilling of a witness. Um, And so in this way, they're supposed to, A, number one, be a little bit more watchable for Americans who want to turn in, and B, really focus on telling a narrative. You know, usually in other committee hearings, you will see people who, you know, you'll see Democrats ask certain questions, and then Republicans ask questions that kind of, you know, conflict with Democrats ask. And in this one, you really see everyone just on the same page moving forward. And I think that the overall goal is to really be able to tell the story of January 6th with uh, the new evidence, with the new testimony, with the new information uh, that the committee has gotten in the last year.
2: Okay, so uh, so forget uh, supply chain tie-ups, forget uh, labor shortages and the like. Uh, We need a face uh, to blame. Uh, for inflation, uh, who is it and what's going to happen?
9: Well, Jenny Yellen right now is the one who's been really trapped but uh, in the White House as far as blaming goes. Uh, if you remember uh, last month, she went on CNN and said that she was wrong about the path that inflation would take. And this has come as the Biden administration has sort of been very, very careful about their messaging around inflation. They know that it's a huge liability for them and for Democrats come November. And so what they've really tried to do is kind of talk about how, you know, it's based on the supply chain, how they're finding other areas for costs to go down. And so for Yellen to kind of come out like that, you know, it kind of just shows exactly how much the Biden administration is really struggling to handle inflation and how there's just not a clear path forward for the Biden administration or, or really anyone who sits in the White House to control inflation when it is at uh, this global level as it is.
2: And for higher prices, you can also blame oil refiners or you can try. Uh, what is President Biden doing on that front? 30
9: seconds. Yeah, so Biden as going after a number of oil refiners after they reported really unprecedented margins. Uh, Biden said that those are unacceptable and called for immediate action. He has asked his energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, to hold an emergency meeting on the subject in a couple days. And just really trying to figure out a way how to get refineries producing more, um, really saying, you know, if you guys are raising such high prices, then why are the American people paying $5 a gallon? A complicated uh, answer, but one that Biden's really trying to show that he's taking action on, given how much pain there is at the pump for Americans.
2: Emily, always a pleasure. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder, you can follow the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 at 105.7 FM HD2. On this Fed Day, futures point to a higher cash open on Wall Street, Dow futures of 108, S&P futures up 18. The Nasdaq futures, 75 points higher. For Nathan Hager, I'm John Tucker, and you've been listening to Bloomberg Daybreak.
7: What could you do if your data was working for you?